Welcome to the Inspire to Invest podcast, where we're sharing stories from real estate investors and how investing has changed their lives. This episode of the Inspire to Invest podcast has been brought to you by Francis Five Properties and Mayneda Media. Hey everybody, welcome to the Inspired to Invest podcast. I have an amazing guest with me today named Randy Molent. You'll have to just forgive me because I'm a little bit under the weather, but I'll introduce Randy with a short bio and then I'll let him do all the talking. Uh, so Randy is joining us from Victoria, BC. He lost his best friend several years ago and he attributes this to leading him into real estate. And in spite of his success, he just didn't feel fulfilled. So he has subsequently made it his mission to go big, to give big. And through his business, he's been driven to bigger and bigger opportunities. He's done more than $20 million in deals. And now he's using his platform and his company to inspire others. So welcome, Randy. You can obviously share a little bit more about your background, but where I want to really start is what life looked like before real estate. So maybe you can fill us in on all of that. Yeah, and thank you for bang through the uh, the the tough sickness. I uh, admire that. And uh, you mentioned before the show, you might have to take on a bit more of the talking. That's okay with me. I love to talk. So, um, so so my stories um, started uh, when I was a little bit younger, and uh, in high school, I ended up um, starting in getting into the trades. So I started as an electrician in high school, and I was very fortunate to get early on experience in that. So. By the time I was 22, I was a journeyman electrician. So I was managing job sites and having to manage people and learning yeah. skill sets that allowed me to just be a leader in life. And so that really helped me uh, grow as a as a young entrepreneur, I'll say, or as a young human. Yeah. And and then I was doing a bunch of side jobs and working very hard and um, was mentored by one of my uh, best friends in the industry. And uh, he kind of took me under his wing. He saw that I had a lot of potential. I was a hardworking young guy. And so we did everything together. We worked out of town. We did a lot of stuff. And he encouraged me to just work my face off until I got to 25 and buy a house. <laughs> and so uh, I did that. And at 25, I bought my first home, which was really exciting and uh, was kind of on top of the world. And I thought, hey, this is it. You know, I'm I'm buying my house at 25. In 25 years, I'll have it paid off and I'm going to be able to retire <laughs> at 50. And, yeah. you know, I'm looking at my parents who were, you know, just shy of 50 <laughs> at the time and uh, or just 50 at the time. And I'm like, man, they still have to work another 15 years. Yeah. I'm going to be retired at 50. This is amazing. Yeah. And uh, my best friend came to my house. We celebrated. Uh, we took a whole day off work and celebrated. And then unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, literally. And then uh, a few days later, uh, unfortunately, he passed away in a job site accident and um, kind of just changed my whole perspective. I went from being on the highest of highs of, you know, working so hard to get to this point to then he was 42 and he passed away, realizing that it can all go away so quick and that I might not even get to 50 to retirement. I yeah. might pass away at 42. Yeah. And so that kind of led me down the journey of, of so what's next? And uh, within a few days, I kind of was just like, you know what? I don't think I want to be an electrician for the rest of my life. I don't want to work and just go through this grind again. So I just Googled how to make a ton of money and never work again. <laughs> and uh, and that's where I found real estate investing. Uh, obviously, through a lot of passive investing, yeah. uh, it came up. And that's where I started studying and researching and just kind of went all in. And so 
<laughs> I'd go to, uh, I'd still had to work. So I'd still go to work from seven to three, but from 4am to 7am, I was in self-development mode. Yeah. And from 3pm to 10pm, I was in real estate mode. Wow. And so I just became a very good human. I, I, I studied a lot of self-development and I studied a lot of entrepreneurship and that yeah. allowed me to kind of go down the journey of entrepreneurship, feel confident where I was going and yeah. uh, just explore <laughs> this path of, of, of real estate and entrepreneurship. So then what was the catalyst of like making that move? So obviously you're grinding it out, you're learning. And then what was your first move? Like, where did you get started? Yeah. So uh, I then started by creating my own electrical contracting company because I realized that I was losing so much of my day. And I was, yeah. uh, we had bought our first property uh, with, so we did joint venture partnerships. So somebody yeah. else would put up the capital, we'd yeah. do the work and then we'd split the profit. And so we started with uh, running a monthly meetup. This is all while I was working, but we started running a monthly meetup. Uh, so we were able to bring in uh, people into a room and we weren't the experts, but we brought in the experts. Yeah. We brought in the mortgage brokers and the real estate agents, and the accountants and the lawyers, and they would come in and speak and we'd say, hey, <clears throat> welcome to the reinvestors meetup. Here's our expert for the day. And the expert would speak for 45 minutes to an hour. And then we'd say, yeah. awesome, if you have any questions, email us and we'll chat with you later. So we yeah. we learned while we were in the room, that started giving us some credibility. That's how we got connected to one of our partners. And so we started buying a few properties while I was still working. Yeah. And then it was like, it was one of those things where I was like, I just can't sustain this anymore. I need to go on my own. So I realized yeah. that by creating my own electrical contracting company, I could make more money, work less hours and control the hours that I was working. And that was my first yeah. taste of entrepreneurship where I realized wow, it's kind of interesting that now I'm getting paid not per hour because I was just throwing money at jobs and saying, hey, I'll yeah. do this for X amount of dollars. Yeah. And then I, I was a very efficient electrician, so I'd go do them pretty fast and then yeah. had the rest of the day to go do real estate. So yeah. I did a lot of that. And then uh, eventually, I think it was in 2017, uh, my business partner, Steve Arneson, and I decided that we were going to go full-time into this gig. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, found some ways to make some income and decided that we were going all in. So yeah. uh, kind of transitioned from working full-time to being my own entrepreneur and half-time real estate to then going full-time real estate uh, after we had bought probably four or five properties. Now, how long did that whole journey take at that point? <laughs> yeah. So uh, from 2015 is when uh, my friend passed away and I bought my first home to about 2017. So it was about a two-year okay. transition okay. and and was a lot of exploring. I'd never been an entrepreneur. I'd never ran my own business. I was 25 years old and uh, <laughs> was just learning a lot of a life still. Yeah. So it was quite the adventure to go down. Yeah, I'd say. Now, when you look back, you know, in the last five, six years, what do you think is your big, biggest success to date out of that whole portfolio and that experience? Yeah, our uh, one of our flagship properties was uh, the the first five plex that we did. You know, it was our first big property. I like it just because it was so monumental for us in the sense that we had done some single family, put some suites in them and, and huh? had some success with that. But then we found this rundown five plex that was super beat up. It was an older property, early 1900s. It had, uh, I'll say some crackheads living in it and, and was just one of those like bad properties. Yeah. And it was the worst property in a nice area. It was on a small lot. So it was not a big yard. So a lot of people weren't looking at it that way. And we just looked at it and went, Hey, if we can remove the tenants, because this was quite a few years ago when when you could really not have as much trouble um, with mm -hmm. with evicting tenants for massive renovations, and we're doing a massive, we would gutted the whole thing, and we did all new electrical and plumbing and stuff, but we only had to give a few months' notice to get them out. Yeah. and so we did the math, and we're like, hey, if we bought this property for, I'll just use like nine hundred thousand dollars, and we put let's say two hundred or I'll say three hundred thousand into it, that yeah. takes us to one point one. 
what's it worth? And we figured it's probably worth about, you know, 1.2, 1.3, somewhere in there. And so we thought, or 1.4, we're like, this is a pretty good thing. This is almost a full burr. And yeah. this is again, 2017, 2018. So uh, I was still pretty new into the industry and we'd, you know, never done a big project. And we found one of our investors to say, hey, if you pay cash for this project, so if you write us a check for a million dollars, we'll go buy the property cash, renovate it cash, and then we'll go put the mortgage on it after. Yeah. And we'll be able to get you back the majority of your money on a mortgage and it's going to yeah. cash flow. And so we had an investor write us a check for uh, just over a million dollars. We bought oh. the property, we renovated it. Uh, we did it for about 200,000, I think. I'll just keep it simple. It's like we bought it for nine, we put 200 into it, we're in it for 1.1. 1. 1, yeah. And uh, we got a mortgage for a million, I'll say a million dollars. So so our investor had only $100,000 in this deal yeah. and it produced, I think, like 2,500 bucks a month in cash flow. It's yeah. now worth $2 million and mm-hmm. is just been this incredible property that some uh, random guy that came to mm-hmm. our meetup that got to know us took a chance on a 27-year-old and a 29-year-old to to trust his, you know, $1.1 million to go yeah. do this property. It was a very That's big huge. turning point in my life that age meant nothing and, and experience didn't really mean a lot, but we sold who we were and what we were capable of yeah. and that the numbers just speak for themselves. The guy understood the math and said, hey, this math makes sense. Yeah. And if you guys can deliver on what you say you're going to deliver on, let's do. And to this day, we still go golfing with that investor. We're still in the same partnership with him. We bought a few more properties with him. He's funded a bunch of our other projects and he's just become a huge advocate for us because of how we delivered on it. That's amazing. Now, obviously not everything goes according to plan. So when you also look back, what would you say is probably one of your biggest lessons that you've learned and some of the biggest obstacles that you have faced? Yeah, we got into some development over the past three years and um, and we knew what we needed to know about development. Uh, but one of the biggest challenges we faced was partnerships. Yeah. You know, you can trust so many people in so many ways, but if you don't have control of the project or a way to step in, or, you know, if you don't trust your own instincts, it can sometimes put you in a, in a very hard situation. So, um, as, as working partners with capital, um, uh, we, we partnered with someone to do the developments for us. And it was just a very challenging partnership that we couldn't control what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, we could only control what we could control. And so it put us in a very challenging, uh, situation and position. So, um, the biggest challenge we face is partnering with the right people to get yeah. the scale that you want to scale. It put us in a, you know, we're, we're developing a hundred and something units, which is amazing. Yeah. It just comes with these <laughs> challenges along the way. And so experience wise, 10 out of 10, um, but for profitable growth is not going to be a 10 out of 10 for us. And it's something that we just learned. I mean, everything happens for a reason. We gained a ton of experience. We learned how we want to do partnerships and how we've handled our side of the deal has been absolutely incredible. And, and a lot of people are recognizing that. And so it's actually building stronger relationships with people around us that yeah. want to continue to support us and want to continue to invest with us and want to do business with us. They yeah. recognize that, you know, that project or those projects don't represent who we are as a company, yeah. but how we show up every day is. So yeah. uh, we tried to take one of the, the most challenging things we've faced and are trying to somehow come out of it uh, with a positive spin on the other end. Yeah, I think transparency and accountability are so important when you are dealing with people's money and stuff like that, right? Now, I guess looking back at that situation, is there anything that you know now that you would look back and be like, well, I could have looked at this partner in this way or like different due diligence that you could have done to maybe avoid going into partnership with someone that wasn't, you know, aligned with your values in that way? Yeah, it was was hard. We were both kind of new into the industry. 
Uh, they had a lot of experience uh, for what they were bringing to the table, but they hadn't done a lot of building themselves uh, right. as an independent company. So they were a new company yeah. um, and, <laughs> and we were fairly new at what we were doing. And um, honestly, I don't know if I'd change much. I did what we did and we did what we needed to do to get ahead yeah. um, and and fast track it. I mean, uh, the one thing that caused all the problems is that we took on four projects at one time. If yeah. we had just stuck with one project and completed it and then done the next one, then yeah. we would be in a lot better position. It was yeah. just the fact that we had four projects when COVID hit yeah. and construction costs going up on four projects and, and delays on four projects and yeah. all it multiplied so fast. Yeah. over the four projects if it was just over one we would have been able to manage and handle it so yeah. um so through the partnership i mean the challenges really came because they expanded so fast yeah. and we were riding with them and then they just couldn't keep up to the the uh growth that they had created yeah. you know the overhead gets higher the payroll gets higher but you're not making a ton of money until the project is yeah. complete so yeah. the advice i would give to anyone is like if you're going to do a partnership do one project and get it complete before you continue on to the second third and fourth and fifth getting excited that you're going to make a lot of money and do a lot of fun things um just try one project out and just yeah. do one-on-one -on -one <laughs> partnerships as opposed to long term yeah no i think that's really smart advice um, now we're just going to take a really brief word for our sponsor, so we'll be right back. Introducing Francis Five Properties. Hello everyone. I hope everyone's doing great. My name is Leo Francis and this is Jacqueline Francis. Together we are called LG Francis from Francis Five Properties. We are real estate investors, business owners, and entrepreneurs. Some of the real estate investing strategies that we're involved in are multifamily value add. We're involved with replication rentals. And now we're also doing a small development. So if you'd like to learn more or get involved with any of our projects, please reach out to us. We would love to share what's going on. Our socials are Facebook at LJ Francis, Instagram at Francis Five Properties, LinkedIn at Francis Five Properties, or you can email us at Francis Five Properties at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you and helping you scale your business. Take care for now. Bye. Thanks again for following along with this episode of Inspired to Invest. In addition to real estate, investing, and running my own brand experience agency for 18 years, I also published a book called The Accidental Entrepreneur in October of 2021. This is my story, and it chronicles how I turned tragedy into triumph to embrace my destiny in entrepreneurship. If you're interested in picking up a copy, you can find the link at serenahomesrealtor.com and you can also find my link tree with all of the retailers in the details below. Thanks again for your support. Hi, I'm Alexandra Sidoro. As a social media strategist, brand builder, and business consultant, I help real estate investors grow their reach and build their brand. In today's digital age, having an online presence is critical for the success in the real estate industry. If you're looking to grow and elevate your brand, visit www.maynatamedia.com to book your free discovery call. Let's work together and take your brand to new heights. Hey everybody, welcome back to Inspire to Invest. We have Randy Mullen here. We're talking about successes and challenges that he's experienced as a real estate investor. So now my next question is, what's the craziest thing that you would say you've ever experienced? Would it be that situation or would it be something else? The craziest thing, um, the craziest thing comes actually 
not from real estate and I'm not going to go in the direction that you think I'm going to go, but it actually came from um, when the pandemic hit and we had our monthly meetup. It was yeah. in person. We had done it for seven years yeah. and we had built this huge community. And as an entrepreneur, it was one of the hardest things we had to do to pivot this. You know, our meetup was how we generated um, a little bit of income. It's how we generated uh, our investors. That's how we got our message out there. That's what we were known for in the community. We had over a hundred something people on a monthly basis. And then all of a sudden we had to shut it down. And so we had to then go virtual with everything. And all of a sudden everybody else was going virtual. But what that did was that expanded our reach across Canada now, as Mm -hmm. opposed to just localized. And so we had to pivot and change. And all of a sudden we lost some revenue, lost some stuff. But now we had investors from across Canada that were really recognizing what we were doing and how we were doing it. And that has since turned into an incredible new uh, business venture where we we recognized that there wasn't a lot of training and education that was nationwide for high-level investors. So we started just creating this incredible opportunity for for those people to join. That was one of the craziest things that happened to us outside. I, I mean, I just shared a little bit about some of the stuff that happened in COVID with our developments, but yeah. from a from a business standpoint, because I don't think enough people talk about business and real estate investing of yeah. how hard it is to actually pivot and change and adapt. And that was one of those things. One of my favorite quotes is adapt or die. And COVID came and you either need to adapt or die. Yeah. And uh, in our educational space, we adapted very quickly and yeah. and had a pretty uh, incredible endeavor come from it and has now been a lot of fun to build. Yeah, that's amazing. I think that's so smart, so important in any industry. I mean, obviously, I experienced it in my business because we were in events. And unfortunately, it just wasn't the kind of events that you could adapt. Like we had one client that went from, I think, five or six full-time employees to like 30 because all they did was conferences so they could... Yep do conferences virtually. So they were able to grow. But for us, we're more of like a face-to-face kind of business. So that's where real estate investing kind of saved me. And I'm grateful that I was proactive. Like I'd started it before and it kind of led me down that path. Now, I guess when you look at your career in general, it doesn't necessarily have to be real estate specific, but what's the best advice you've been given so far? My dad gave me some advice early on uh, when I started just working in general. And he always told me to build your reputation, not your bank account. And that is something that stuck with me forever. My dad's um, a very mm-hmm. old school, hardworking guy. You show up early, you yeah. you know, first in, last out, and you just make it so that you become unfireable, right? You just know everything about the business, you know everything about the organization, so that you just can't get fired. And you just be the best human that you absolutely can so that people just want to be around you. And so that is something that I've just taken with me for forever. And anything that I do is just my reputation. It means a lot more to me than the money that I'm going to get in the back end. And I think a lot of people see that when they work with us um, through investments or come into our masterminds or uh, work with me in other consulting projects. It's like, uh, I care more about the outcome of how people view me than I actually do about the investment that's coming in because I only ever get one reputation. And once it's gone, it's gone. And it's very hard to build back. Money is very easy to come again if you ever to lose it. Yeah. And I think that speaks to your integrity, not only as a, you know, business owner, as an entrepreneur, but also as a person. Um, now in terms of financial freedom, you know, what, is kind of your financial freedom number and it doesn't have to actually be money. Like it could be the number of people you impact monthly cash flow, volume, like, you know, what, what matters the most to you? I don't have a financial freedom number. Mine is the legacy that I want to leave. And, um, we had a coach one time, uh, ask us, are you interested or are you committed? And, and that was a really interesting question to ask ourselves. Are we interested in, in just, 
doing this or are we committed to doing this? And what I'm committed to is building a legacy that people will remember. And that is why I'm on this journey of go big to give big now, because it's not just about how much real estate I can buy or or how much money I'm going to make or getting to financial freedom. To me, it's about the Mm -hmm. impact that I'm going to leave in this world. And um, one of the ways that I've done that and have learned is that I I learned through some mutual friends that um, the best way I view it is that at my funeral, there's going to be hundreds of people there, I'm hoping. And what I would want is that not a single person is sitting in the seats sitting there watching, they're all fighting for the microphone, sharing about the impact that I made on them. And so that is kind of how I live my life and make a lot of my decisions is based on, you know, uh, at the end of the day, when when my turn is to go, um, what are people going to say? Will they say, yeah, he was a cool guy and we had a lot of fun? Are they going to say, oh my God, every single person that that Randy spoke to had a massive impact and he changed their lives or left them feeling more inspired, left them feeling more. And that to me is a a freedom thing that uh, I will probably never hit what I want to hit, but that is the driving force for me to want to grow. And uh, I love family and I love being free, but um, I'm just so inspired by what I do every single day that it is not a job for me. I will never retire. I will do this until I die. And, and that is just the, the financial freedom for me was, is when I know that I've officially got there is when I've made that big of impact. Yeah, I think that's important. And and just to your point about retiring, I think that's a challenge that a lot of people experience is that they reach this pinnacle, they finally retired, and then they realize like they have no sense of purpose. And a lot of times people, you know, they can go downhill at that point or they go back into working because they need something to find fulfillment and like purpose in their day-to-day life. When you talk about going big to give big, like how do you see that materializing now as you go forward? Yeah. So one of the things that uh, we've done inside of our portfolios, we donate $10 per door per month. So our fiveplex that I talked about donates $50 a month to charity. To me, that is one of the coolest things on the planet. As long as I own that property, it will forever make a donation. And as we scale our portfolio, so does our donations. And I've got probably a dozen other people onto that program as well that are donating $10 per door per month. A bunch of people like yourselves might be donating for all the private lending they do. They donate a portion of all their private lending profits. And and it's just a very cool concept to me that's very simple, but can have a very lasting impact in this world. Yeah. So that is uh, that is something that's just got me uh, very excited right now. Yeah. Is 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 this ten dollars per door per month um, type legacy that I want to build yeah. and continue to scale? And it's, it to me, it's something that people can really look at it and. Um, see the impact that it's making and give them the drive to scale their portfolios. I think so many people get burnt out right now trying to buy real estate and get financial freedom and make that, that, that number of, Hey, I got a hundred doors. It's like, cool. But what does that mean? Nothing. If you start adding $10 per door, that's like, cool. I'm donating a thousand dollars a month. That makes me feel really good, really inspired. and want to do some more good in this world. So by attaching a giving component to the doors that you're uh, buying on your monthly basis or your developments or your flips or whatever it is, yeah, it will actually help you feel more inspired, create less burnout and want to go do and create more in this world. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Now, I know you mentioned a quote earlier, but talking about quotes that motivate you, is there any one in particular that you feel like really, you know, gets you going and makes you feel a certain way? Um. One of them is uh, money doesn't impact you or money doesn't change you. It disposes who you already were. 
So that is something that I, I heard and I was like, that's really cool. So money, as I make more money, if I'm a good human, it's just going to make me a better human. Yeah. Right. And that's why I'm starting to do this donating now and teaching business to do it from the beginning. Because if you start from the beginning, as you make more money, you continue to make that kind of impact. If you're a bad human or you don't do good for this world and you make more money, you're typically just going to do more bad in this world. Yeah. And so um, I truly believe that money doesn't change you. It just exposes who you already were. So yeah. just become the best version of yourself now before you make money. And then yeah. as you make that money, it amplifies how great of a human you actually are. Yeah. I had a mentor actually probably 10 years ago that used to say the same thing. So he's like, you know, if you're a greedy person, it'll amplify all of that. And if you're naturally generous and giving obviously it, it makes that tenfold. So it resonates with me as well. Um, now, just in terms of wrapping up, is there anything that you want to share with anyone that could be watching or any projects that you're working on right now that you want to shed some light on? Yeah, I'm, I'm really inspired by this Go Big to Give Big mission. You know, I, I envision a world where people are no longer sitting around going, talking about like their fancy cars and fancy houses, but they're sitting around a table talking about the impact they made and the volunteering they did. That is like my dream. Yeah. And so um, I'm just really inspired by that. I, I'm running a, a community on it on Facebook called Go Big to Give Big Community, where I'm just growing the conversation, allowing people to come in. And a lot of people are challenged by it. They don't know where to give. They don't know what charities to donate to. They don't know the processes. Yeah. And they feel like they're kind of salesy, gross, scammy people for doing it. Yeah. Um, and, and we're really just shining a light on that on how you can actually you know be a good human and make this work. And so that is something that's just got me very inspired right now um, and building communities. I think, you know, through through COVID, we saw that um, community was really big and we all got online on communities. And now we're starting to see that come back in person. And yeah. I think it opened up a little bit of the global network. Yeah. So uh, kind of combining the two of those of like, hey, how do I just take the best humans on the planet that love to give and want to make impact and grow communities where we can actually make a really big difference and support each other and love on each other. And you're part of one of our communities. And it's like, you know, mm -hmm. you've just seen the culture that we create inside this stuff. When you come to an event and you get inspired, there is nothing more empowering in this world than leaving an event like that yeah. with all new friends and all new people. So uh, making impact through Go Big to Get Big and then building communities of just inspired, incredible humans coming together and, and doing a lot of good stuff. Awesome. Now, how can somebody find you? Obviously, we'll share it below. But what's the easiest way for anyone to kind of get on board with you and follow you on social? Yeah, our website is thereinvestors.ca or go big to get big .com. And on social media, again, at the underscore reinvestors on Instagram, or Randy Molland, M-O-L-L-A-N-D on Instagram or go big to get big. Uh, basically, they all kind of interconnect. If you go to one, you can find <laughs> any of them. Awesome. Well, thank you again for your time. Obviously, we'll share that below. If you've liked what you've just seen, make sure that you've subscribed and you're following along at Inspired to Invest podcast. And remember, when you invest in yourself, the sky's the limit. Thanks again for tuning in. Thank you again to our sponsors, Francis Five Properties and Maynada Media for bringing you this episode of Inspired to Invest. The views represented on this podcast are for general information only and does not constitute investment or other professional advice or an offering of securities. The host and guests featured on Inspired to Invest make no representations as to the performance of any particular investment. Should you decide to make an investment, you are responsible for conducting your own review and analysis. It is recommended that you obtain independent legal, accounting, and tax advice from licensed professionals.